Welcome to Let's Talk About Life, a weekly podcast brought to you by LifeBank, the organ, eye, and tissue recovery agency in Northeast Ohio. Donation can be a complicated subject, but it is really all about life. So spend a few minutes as we unravel the complexities of donation. So come on, let's talk about life. Eddie and Kathy Shafitz enjoy nothing more in life than watching their two children, Andrew and Katie, grow up. Both kids were active in school, sports, and had a lot of friends. Andy was an exceptional baseball player and became friends with Dominic, who was also a great baseball player. Katie, too, had made many friends and one stood out, Karen. She was a sweet girl and just authentically nice. Little did anyone know all those years ago that these friendships would be life-saving for Eddie. Hi, you're listening to episode 66 of Let's Talk About Life. I'm your host, Colleen Gerber, kidney recipient and LifeBank staff member. A lot has happened in life for the Chaffetz family. During his freshman year at John Carroll, Andrew Chaffetz tragically passed away. Schoolmates Dominic and Karen started dating and eventually married. And Katie began working for a new nonprofit called Believe in Dreams, which fulfills dreams of economically disadvantaged youth. Eddie retired in 2015 from a career at Nestle's, and he and and Kathy enjoyed traveling. Later, Eddie also went to work for Believe in Dreams. Life had settled into a nice pace until Eddie had a dental procedure that would lead to the discovery that he was in kidney failure. Eddie, thank you for being with us today and being willing to share the story of your transplant Thanks, Colleen. I, I really appreciate uh, you inviting me to tell my story. Um, I think it's fantastic that you're uh, giving back and, and helping others to understand the value of, of donating organs. Yeah, it's an important mission that LifeBank has, and I'm proud to be a part of that. I really am. Eddie, let's go back to the kids, and can you explain how they all became friends and so entwined with your life? Andrew was a year older than Dominic, who was a year older, I think, than Karen, who might have been a year older than Katie. I think it's something like that. So this is going back to Little League, South Euclid Boys Baseball. So Andrew was one of the better players in, in the league at his age, and Dominic was one year younger and also one of the better players. And they were competitors, and they didn't like each other because... They were both good, right? So they were always trying to beat the other one in, in, when they played against each other. And so when they got to junior high school at Memorial, they played on the same team. They became very good friends. And then they played in high school at Brush High School. And they you know, became better friends. So they hung out together, did things together, played together. And then, well, Katie and Karen, Katie was a couple years younger. And then Karen, I think, was one year younger. So Andrew was going to John Carroll. He was a freshman at John Carroll, and uh, he was a pitcher. And They had a break from practice one weekend, and he was a passenger in the car. They were going down to OU to visit some friends, and, and they got hit. You know, they were wearing their seatbelts, no drugs or alcohol involved. That was just an accident, and uh, we lost Andy. And I, I remember, you know, Dominic spoke at his funeral and did an amazing job, and then... Uh, Dominic had a scholarship and went to Greensboro, North Carolina, 
you know, so I followed Dominic in his college career and I would take my father down. So Dominic ended up getting married to Karen and he was uh, inducted in a Greensboro Hall of Fame. And he asked me to be his uh, presenter, which was, you know, quite an honor. My goodness. And uh, yeah. So Dominic really stepped in and continued Andy's legacy, if you will, and became almost like a second son to you. Well, Dominic's father had passed away right after he graduated from college. And, uh, yeah, we became close. Dominic named uh, his second son after Andrew. Drew, who's a baseball player. Got two that are playing for Mayfield right now, and they're in the state playoffs, and they're really good players. And we go watch them play. Eddie, can you tell us what initially caused your kidneys to fail? It, it was a surprise. I didn't know I had kidney issues. So I can tell you that I had a little dental procedure and I came home and it was in the roof of my mouth and, and it wouldn't stop bleeding. I was trying to hold the gauze on there and kind of choking and I couldn't do it. And so I lost a lot of blood over the night. And then I went to the doctor in the morning and he said that I, had, I needed a blood transfusion because uh, I lost so much blood. So I went to Hillcrest and when I got the blood transfusion, everything was good. And then the doctor walked in our room and he goes, I'm here to talk to you about your stage five kidney failure. And I started laughing and I looked at my wife and she started laughing. And we both said at the same time, uh, we think you're in the wrong room. And the doctor goes, I don't think I am. So that was the beginning of finding out that I had kidney failure. So that was a shock to us. What they're thinking is that you had hypertension, high blood pressure. They're not 100% sure. They think high blood pressure had a lot to do with it. They said it could have been from viruses, and they think that that had a lot to do with it, because I've always had high blood pressure. That's the scary part of kidney disease. A lot of people have it, and they're not even aware, and because the same thing happened to me. I never had a kidney issue my whole life, so... It was quite a surprise to me when they told me I was in kidney failure as well. It was it was scary. So were you scared when you heard that? Yeah, sure. Because number one, my wife calls me a big, big me. And I don't like needles. I don't like talking about anything medical. I don't like when they take my blood. I have to look the other way. It's just something about it that I don't like. So during this whole procedure with everything, I didn't want to hear doctors tell me details of anything. They told my wife, but I didn't want to think about it. So it was like we went through this whole thing, but my wife was the expert really on all the things they were doing. I'll do whatever they want me to do. I just I don't really want to know what they're doing. I know it might sound unusual, but it got me through it by not having to know the details. Were you on dialysis? No. So the amazing thing is that this happened somewhere around October 2019. We were trying to hold off on going on dialysis, but I was getting very close to it. And I didn't know which route I was going to go um, because I don't have good veins. So they were going to have to do an operation on my arm to get ready for dialysis. But they said that there's no guarantee that that'll work. And if they did it too early, then it could close up on my arm. And so then they would have to do it again. So we're going back and forth and trying to figure it out. All the while, my wife said, we're going to find a donor. And so she truly believed that she would find me a donor um, between October and when I, before I had to go on dialysis. We had a dinner, uh, Believe in Dreams fundraiser, and uh, Karen and Dominic were our guests in February of 2020. And Kathy was telling people that, you know, I, I was going to need uh, a transplant. 
or I was going to go on dialysis. And Karen said, hey, I'd like to get tested. So she got tested in February. So she went to the clinic. She did a two or three day testing procedure. And in April, the clinic called Karen and said that she was a mask. They set the transplant date up, but it got moved two or three times because that was right in the middle of COVID, which was a very difficult time to go through a transplant. The operation was on June 3rd of 2020. Wow. It just adds a whole nother component to anxiety and, and nervous tension anyway. I mean, let's face it, everybody gets nervous going into surgery and not really knowing the outcome. What I had to do is I drove myself down. I parked in the lot. I left the keys with the emergency uh, room, and then my wife came down to get the car, but she wasn't allowed in the hospital at all. And I had to take a COVID test at about 1, 1 a.m. in the morning, uh, June 3rd, that early morning. And then I had to wait about three hours in a room until the COVID test passed. And then they checked me in in the morning for my operation. So it was kind of a little nerve-wracking because, you know, I didn't have anybody there. And I was worried and nervous about the COVID test. And, you know, here's Karen ready to go. So, you know, it's kind of a little scary. So how were you feeling before the transplant? Can you describe how you were feeling when you were in kidney failure and when you were getting ready for potentially going on dialysis? Well, my doctors wanted me to lose some weight, about 20 pounds. And kind of interesting way the doctor described it. It was like putting a Volkswagen engine in, in an F-150 truck. So you're talking about a smaller female kidney in the in the me, and there's extra stress on the kidney if it's a smaller kidney than you're used to having. So I was watching what I, I was eating. I was on a low-salt diet, and I was walking every day. You know, I would walk like a mile, mile and a half, but the closer I got to the operation, I was moving really slow. I had to stop, you know, maybe 10 times. You know, I would take 15 steps and then I'd have to stop just because I was out of breath. So, so I lost a lot of energy from, you know, around February until the operation. So every day I noticed that I was getting weaker and weaker. Yeah. Yeah. So it all kind of makes sense then when Karen and Dominic were at your fundraiser for Believe in Dreams and when your wife, Kathy, shared that you needed a, a kidney, Karen just immediately stepped up. Yeah. You know, there was like a $800 million lottery around that time. And I kind of felt like I won it. I mean, better than many. Just so grateful and uh, happy that uh, Karen came to my rescue. I remember Karen when she was in high school and seeing her at different things. My wife and I, we would help support Rush High School, this, the different events. You know, we just knew that uh, Karen's parents, the Nagy's, and we, we got to know, you know, the family. And we knew, you know, Karen through you know, through the kids, through Dominic. And she was always the nicest person in the room. She was genuinely sweet and the friendliest, a little bit on the shy side. She's not looking for attention and she's not looking for notoriety. It needs to be said that, you know, what a hero she is to to me and uh, what a great example she is, you know, for her family, her friends. And I wanted people to know that about her. She is always positive and, and that's always been Karen. You know, how fortunate was I to have her, you know, volunteer to do this? I mean, just I thought I was going to be going on dialysis and I thought my travel days were over. And then Karen came to the rescue. Yeah, yeah. Well, she certainly is a hero in our book. 
and always be held that way. It's amazing. So amazing. You know, it's changed my life. You know, so two things in, it have changed my life and the kidney uh, transplant and uh, being able to be with Believe in Dreams and help, uh, help fulfill dreams of kids that really need a, a boost. Eddie, thank you for being with us today. Thanks so much, Kylie. We hope you found today's episode inspiring and informative. Let's Talk About Life can be found on Apple Podcasts, Google Music, Spotify, and other podcast providers. And of course, always on lifebank.org slash resources. We encourage you to subscribe and we invite you back next week. And come on, let's talk about life. Thank you for listening to Let's Talk About Life. If you have questions about today's podcast, reach out to us at info at lifebank.org. Take a few minutes to do something heroic and register to be an organ donor by saying yes at lifebank.org. Literally, someone's life is depending on it.